Welcome to Beyond the Field Podcast, your weekly dose of finance, property, and epic people doing epic things powered by the team at Money Empire. Get informed and entertained with the coolest cats in the business. Kane here from Beyond the Field. Today, we're going to intro, um, I'm going to say a special guest, but I actually think he's part of the furniture now. We've got Sanj Silva, who has joined Money Empire's team. Um, and I'm going to let you give a bit of background on yourself first, son. So welcome. Sure, thank you very much. It's um, it's really good to be here. I've known Money Empire for about ten years now, uh, through my previous job, which was with the uh, New Zealand Cricket Players Association. Uh, I managed the uh, personal development program for for ten years. It was um, time in my life I had to sort of make a decision whether I want to keep doing what I was doing, or come and do something a bit more funkier. Uh, a bit more modern and then I chose Money Empire and since I've known you guys for so long it was was a pretty easy decision yeah and um, the last week just gone so fast I'm sort of at, um, sort of a brain brain fry at the moment <laughs> I'm trying to get as much information in as possible um, but you know it's uh, it's been really exciting the last week I'm gonna unpack some of the stuff you just said then but um, for the listeners you played some bit of cricket in your time did you want to go back many moons ago and explain that uh, sure um, I was a pretty shitty cricketer to be honest <laughs> but uh, yeah look I played a, um, I played first class cricket in Sri Lanka and then I played uh, for Auckland and Central Districts um, what brought you to New Zealand um, to, funnily enough I actually came here to play cricket right um, yeah I, uh, I played cricket in Sri Lanka for a few years then I had a little break and uh, my brother was living here at that point and and he just wanted me to come and come here and have a go yeah which i did came here and played a couple of years of um, club cricket at premier level and then um, central districts for a couple of years yep and i came back to auckland and played for auckland and that's essentially that's why that's why i came here to to actually play cricket in 1996 better that long ago. bowler i'd like to call myself a genuine all-rounder um, yes, I was a um, first change medium fast bowler, um, middle order uh, bat. I did open the batting once for Auckland as well, so wow. bit of an all-rounder. Why New Zealand though? Why not? Why, yeah, why <laughs> not Aussie or, or any England or why New Zealand? Uh, I did play cricket in England okay. many, many, many moons ago. Yeah. Um, I don't think I could have managed the, the winters over there. Right. Um, but as, as I said, because my brother was living here, and I've heard amazing stories about New Zealand, um, yeah. how friendly the people are, all that kind of stuff. And I, yeah, it was an easy decision to come here. And you have had a taste in finance. You were in banking many moons ago, weren't you? Sure was. Tell uh, us about that. Yeah, look, it's a funny story because my first job, this was in Sri Lanka, was actually in a bank. It was called uh, the called the ANZ Greenlays Bank. Right. It was at early, late 1990s, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I was picked to play cricket for the bank, essentially. Oh, wow. Yeah. Employed and then it's like Japan rugby. That's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, we, didn't, we didn't get paid to play cricket as such, but um, the only thing we had to do was there was a massive tournament during the year which was uh, played within the banks. Right. And uh, we have to represent the bank for that. And apart from that, um, we hardly went to work. Uh, it was all about cricket training and so on. Because it's, it's massive over there. Cricket's like a religion in Sri Lanka. Yeah. Um, so my first job was actually in the bank. Um, didn't learn a heck of a lot for the first few years. 
but uh, it gave me an opportunity to to sort of pursue my dream which was which was playing for playing cricket and then you worked in the banking industry here yep i came here and um, once again wanted to play cricket and the first opportunity i got was with anz funny enough uh, anz k road branch as a as a teller while I was okay, road branch, yeah. Eh? You've seen some <laughs> well, sites there. Uh, oh yes, I have. Yeah, yeah, a few stories. Probably can't um, say those stories <laughs> here, but you yeah, know, I worked there for for a number of years while I was playing cricket, and then um, when I retired from cricket in 2001, um, I went into National Bank those days yep. uh, in the lending services centre yep. in Newmarket, and um, and was in banking for almost ten years. Um, until I um, sort of um, got away from finance for a wee while and went into the Cricket Players Association. And I do believe there's a story, uh, Isha's not here, but he w- he came to you, didn't he, when he was at the Blues? Yes, he was. Yeah, I had a, a, a <coughs> really close relationship with one of the player agents and Isha was one of, one of his clients and uh, Isha and many other uh, rugby players as well came to us uh, wanting financial advice and so on and so forth. So, yeah, Isa was one of my, probably one of my very first clients. So moving on to something probably um, close to your heart and what you do or have been doing around professional cricket players. You've spent a decade with um, the Cricket Players Association and doing great stuff in there because we've worked really closely in that space. Tell us a little bit how that started and where it evolved to over time and what you really enjoyed getting out of that. Yeah, it started in 2012. Um, the uh, association was looking for a personal development manager. At that point, there was only one one person. Yep. And funny story, if you have the time, is that um, I had my first interview with Heath Mills and, and, the, and the board while I was in Scotland um, the night of I played a round of golf at St Andrews, one of my dreams. Yep. I love my golf. And um, because of time difference, my interview was probably at about one o'clock in the morning and a pretty shitty Wi-Fi. They couldn't hear me. I couldn't hear them. So one of the um, one of the board members actually had to call me the next day to get some more answers. Wow. And then um, I got the offer, a verbal offer from Heath while we were in Paris. He was in Mumbai. Wow! He called me from a uh, from a taxi, and he almost got into a the taxi driver almost got into a um, a, a crash. And uh, yes, I um, that's how I started. Um, but just like I said, um, there's only one person at that point. And so there's yourself and Heath. Yeah. At that point. Oh, there are a couple of others, but the, but the but the personal development program just only myself. Yep. And then over time, we uh, managed to get enough funding to to grow it into what it is now, which is about, we've got about five personal development managers. We look after close to about 200 players, I think. Yeah, um, right. It was very close to my heart because I, th- I guess in some ways, I, sort of, I didn't um, sort of start the program, but I think I had a fairly big part in developing the program program yep. to what it is today what were some of your the hardest things that you've seen if we're just talking a professional athlete point of view yeah. some of the stuff that you saw um that you could see over time you've changed but when you first got in there there was like it was quite raw to you yeah look i think in professional sport um we pick these athletes cricketers or whoever they are at a very young age mm. and and the coaches and the administrators and so on um the total focus is on the game right is about 
being the best player they can be. And along the way, sometimes people forget that there's much more to life than playing sport because yeah. it's such a finite yeah. period of time that you can play the game. So the, the, the two or three things that we really focused on, one was around having a career after the game, which needs to start at the time they start playing cricket because yeah. it takes that long. And the other two parts are around mental health and, and uh, financial education. Yeah. Once again, uh, some of these players generally, you know, they get paid well, depending on the type of teams they play in and so on. But they have this opportunity to actually set themselves up for their next uh, stage of their lives. So that's some, those are the three things that we really sort of worked on. And, um, and, and I think, you know, I'm, I'm not afraid to say that Money Empire played a huge part in, uh, in developing those things with our players. Did you see the biggest, um, <clears throat> I suppose, issue around the players or problems around the players would be mental health? Um, and would that, that could come from all different aspects, but I'm guessing money or finance play a big part of it, especially when they come to the end of the career and then they think, geez, what do I do next? Yeah. Look, it's, it's been <clears throat> researched and, and proven that that is the case. Mm. You know, if you're, there's so many different things to, the, to, to, to this, but. Um, if you're financially secure, then that gives you that, that extra little bit of time yeah. to find something that you really enjoy doing, yeah. um, like seamlessly move into um, something that you enjoy doing. So that, that, that gives you the foundation to to sort of walk into the next stage of your life. So yeah. Absolutely, there's no doubt about that. And obviously you have learnt a lot in, your, in the PDM role um, for cricket and then coming across to Money Empire in your role, did you want to just define or say what you're doing now in terms of the new role yeah i, I have no idea <laughs> <laughs> well first of all you're, le- you're relearning aren't yeah. you well the, the, that's exactly i'll t- talk about the role later but um uh, as because i've been in finance before i thought i'll walk in here knowing what finance is about mm. i think my biggest challenge is to unlearn some of the things that i've learned yeah previously yeah um, so that's a bit of a challenge. Um, the role is about the growth of the company um, and also, um, you know, building good relationships with uh, external parties. And, yeah. And um, yeah, I'm really excited about it. Um, there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot happening in our space and changing our space through regulations, but also too, I think you're finding people uh, moving into an era where they're more um, receptive to getting advice but really tailored advice and moving away from that sort of brokerage model. So there's a big uptake. And if we just look at just because uh, we deal with a lot of professional athletes, mm-hmm. that has a big uptake for their side as well. So there's huge opportunities, but um, it's being able to reach people as well, getting out yeah. to the masses with manpower. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Look, I, I think you made the point about tailored advice. I think it's also to sort of, you know, top it off. I think it's also trusted advice. Yeah. I think that's where sometimes, um, not world over, athletes yeah. um, sort of fall. Is yeah. where there, it's a lot of people, a lot of hangers on and so on. But yep. to make sure that you get the right advice and trusted advice, that's I think that's where we can play a massive part. And every company is trying to get trusted advice via their brand, but it always comes from the individuals and behind totally. it. You yeah. only get the trust there. You yeah. can spend all the money you want on the brand, yeah. but the brand will never provide you the trust that the people can. Yeah. You can't buy trust. No. It, it, it comes from what you deliver. You know, if you can't deliver, you can have the best advertising and all that kind of stuff. If you, if you can't deliver what you advertise, what you talk about, yeah. then it's just going to, you know, it's not that easy. 
what, and you've been here just over a week now, what's the what's one thing in the week that surprised you in general about coming out from where you were yep. um, and coming into a new organisation? You knew us, but, yeah. you know. It's oh, a good question, actually. Probably, uh, I, I think I always go back to people. Yeah. I think, um, once again, you can have the best brands, the the big buildings and everything else, but if you don't have the right people, yeah. um, you know, it's a, it's a struggle. Okay. Uh, the thing that, I don't know if it surprised me, I sort of had had this thing in my mind um, of what uh, Money Empire was, yeah. but what really surprised me was how friendly and supportive everyone was. Yeah. And that's, I think that's my biggest thing. It's like that I, I really feel comfortable um, it's only been a week, and I sort of feel like I'm part of this now. Well, coming from your background too, culture and teams is huge, right? Yeah. Culture and organisations is just as big. Yeah. And I think that's where companies probably miss the boat a bit. If yeah. your company's focusing purely on the bottom line and profit, yeah. a lot of the time they miss the piece on culture because they're driven yeah. in different ways. Yeah. So um, culture is a big part of what we're trying to achieve. Oh, look, exactly. Coming from 10 years at the, at the Players Association, where um, we work very hard and we delivered some amazing stuff, um, but it's once again to people. The culture yeah. we had was a lot of fun, um, banter, um, very flexible around you know working hours and all sorts of things. It's always about the family and the person's well-being yep. than anything else. And come here and I see the same thing. I think it's a it's a massive. Um, um, I guess for me that's massive. Yeah, uh, I feel comfortable. I know that. I think I know. I've, I've joined the. Right place. Let's hope so. <laughs> um, to round things out, favorite color? Oh, blue. Oh, actually, no, I've changed. It used to be blue. It's green now. Okay. Yes. What was with the change? I don't know. I don't <laughs> know the khaki green. <laughs> okay. Khaki green. I love khaki green. I don't know why. Well, yeah. so we have to get some shirts made then. And khaki green. Okay, yeah, I love khaki green, yeah. Favorite mode of transport? Oh. Um, Are you scared of flying? I'm not a comfortable flyer. No, I know that because I've shared a plane with here's you. A, here's a story. I actually had to. Um, I had to go on Flying Without Fear um, course that's uh, offered by New Zealand uh, Air New Zealand simply because I wasn't because uh, through my, my previous job I was constantly on the you have to go and meet people and so on. So I was constantly constantly on the on the move and there were times that I was wasn't very good. Having said that. I did the, one of the most scariest flights ever in the world, which is from Kathmandu to Lukla yep. uh, to do the uh, Everest Base Camp trek. And that's one of those eight-seaters. And that is just unbelievable. So a bit of contrast. Um, we're going to get Sanj back on to talk about that, that trek you did. Yeah, I can. Because yeah. that would be awesome. Yep. Um, Favourite food? Oh, I can't go past a curry, right? You like that? I know you were talking about the goat curry the other day. Oh, I love goat curry. Yeah. I can I can do a mean curry myself, just quietly. Yeah. <laughs> What's one thing that you want to achieve in your lifetime going forward? Um, it's, a, it's a big question. It is a massive question. Personally, professionally? Well, you've ticked off. Your son got 100 the other day. <laughs> yeah, it's his first, first, first level 100. Yeah, it's not for me, it's for him. Um, personally or professionally? Either. Um, geez, that's, that's a really hard one, I think. I think, like, um, Pratima, my wife, and I, we always talk about, I mean, for us, the family is quite important. Yep. Um, I think um, in the long term, having a really 
close family unit where we can eat, um, support each other and and for me to me my friends are quite important yeah, yeah. it's th- th- those are two really really key things for me yeah having them close to me and seeing them develop seeing them succeed i think i can't put anything past that awesome yeah awesome well mate you're a great acquisition to the team and we know what we're trying to execute going forward with some projects that you'll be yeah. working on mm-hmm. um we're going to get you more on the podcast for some specific stuff sure. especially around player athletes and sport because we know that's a big space yeah. so listeners stay tuned um Sanj will be back on here, but this was just a bit of a snippet to hear what he's all about. Thanks for the opportunity. Awesome, man. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Field. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with your mates or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest, you can follow us on Instagram at Beyond the Field Podcast or send us an email at info at beyondthefield.co.nz. Thanks again, and we'll see you all next time.